Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm joined today by Spooky. I'm going to jump straight into it. How are you doing, Spooky, mate? How's it going? You've not been great, have you? No, no, I, well, I haven't. Like health-wise, COVID absolutely slumped me. Um, but do you know what? I almost don't care. Over the worst of it, and Yodi Tottenham Hotspur has has done us all a little bit of a a, a wonder. Little old tin pot, no trophies. What are we? I don't know. Banter club. Banter club. Bottleham. <laughs> Nuno. Levy doesn't spend any money. Hotspur. Are in the Champions League. Unique out. Once again. Once again in the Champions League. I mean, I I didn't have faith, you know. I Not, not that I didn't have faith in the team. No, I know you didn't. I just looked at the table and I thought, we just it's going to be too difficult from here. It's going to be too difficult. And... Arsenal are going to... Even after we did them in the derby, I was thinking, like, that's a nice little kind of fuck you to end the season, but they're going to beat they're gonna beat Newcastle and Everton. They're I never lost it. faith, though, Jack. I never lost faith in their inability, or rather their capacity, to, to, to do an Arsenal. And, and they didn't let me down. I mean, that Newcastle game, you know, as important as we say the point up at Anfield was for us, um, and obviously the dicking that we, we, we gave them in the North London derby. What they did at Newcastle just really, it just confirmed it, you know, what I think of them as a football club. And that is not very much, you know, for for, for a team that do have their own little philosophy. I think it's... A process, I believe. Pro, yeah, okay. if, if you want to use the language they use, you know, <laughs> I call it bullshit. But, you know, they, they, their process is flawed deeply because of inexperience and um I, I i always kept the faith that at some point they would crumble again they they're very good they're a very good team when it, the pressure isn't on they're a very good at getting results and, and 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 celebrating with kind of kind of pre-planned uh uh whatever theatrics and the rest of it they're very very good at that they excel at that but when it comes down to it, I, I think I just always knew they would let themselves down, and 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 I guess I guess I had I you know as a consequence I had faith in us not doing that. I had faith in us as much as people like to bang on about uh, Spurs, you know, fluffing their lines on the final day and the rest of it. It really actually happens, and our form in the past couple of months, even with one or two dips, has been. Sensational, if uh, I can uh, get away with saying that. Oh dear, oh dear, Spooky. I'll let you <laughs> off. You've not been well. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I, I do like it how you called it doing an Arsenal because you know what? Those bastards, they've been able to hide behind this Spursy Benta club, you know, for all the kind of jokes we do at the start. Yeah, this yeah. Uh, like prevailing narrative across. I guess other fan bases and you know the whole fucking country was singing Tottenham get battered everywhere they go in unison you know if it's not a grand conspiracy it's not Tottenham fans thinking the whole world's against us when literally everybody I would say 90% of clubs in the country revel in Tottenham's failures you know and, and quite openly mm. so and what I feel that Arsenal managed to do is kind of hide behind that you know even the sort of the Leicester season when Leicester won the league we got bantered into bottling the league and you know coming third in the two-horse race. When actually, Arsenal are the actual ones that bottled the league title that season. They were top 
by what I think four or five points at Christmas. Yep. Yeah, I think they beat Leicester as well, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the Emirates and uh, you know, you know, they managed to hide away from it for a while. I mean, what I will say on them is, I do. I'm not as I'm not as fully kind of. Uh, I don't swat them away as much as I, I hear a lot of other Spurs <coughs> fans do. You know, they're, yeah. they're not up to much. I do think they're improving. I do. You know, I just I look at them now that they're fifth place in the league and they've had an all right season. They've had a few injuries and stuff. But I just, I think at the moment, the thing that I just love to see is that like, we've got like, we've got Kane, we've got Son, we've got Hugo Lloris. You know, you've got, we've got players like Christian Romero, who <laughs> just looks unbelievable. We've got Kulisevsky, who just already looks on par with somebody like Saka, if not better than him already. It's, I don't know, we're just in a really good place. And the thing that's that's funny, and I think it's it, it's slowly starting to settle in now is and become less uncomfortable. The fact that Tottenham are maybe just now this team. We're not, we're not just kind of, sort of, should we say like the first couple of seasons of Pochettino, it felt like enjoy, enjoy every second of this because, we know what's going to happen. It's going to be like the red nap kind of time we got we got it at the Etihad and then we kind of went back into our box for a few years and that was that. We had that lovely yeah. Champions League campaign. But this is what we are as a club. We get a Champions League campaign here and there and we always kind of play second fiddle to Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, everyone like that. But nowadays, like maybe we're just one of those teams that's in the mix, you know, because we've got this fucking... Much love it or hate it, we've got this massive fucking stadium now that is generating a lot of income for us. We are, you know, perennial kind of European contenders now. And we have a team that includes some of the, the best players in the league, if not the whole world, basically. I mean, that, that doesn't last forever, and I'm not saying it does last forever, but we're definitely in a position now whereby... We're just a really good, solid team. And I, I, I do get it. I, I'm not just kind of gloss over the fact we haven't won anything for a few years. We do need to. But again, I think that overshadows far too much of the good work that Tottenham have done over the past few years, really. you know. And I, 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 and I definitely I, allow it to sh- shadow it for myself as well. I'm not saying I'm above all that. No, I mean, there's nothing to disagree with. I think... I, I think the whole trophy thing is 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 obviously the, the the it's where we need to be we need to kind of combat rival fans and the narrative and the media and even our, our own just in terms of you know what have we got to show for everything and I think the reality is that football is I know we've we've done this to death but football is just so finely tuned that you you need to be able to uh, to achieve levels that are probably above most football clubs and you I think we spoke about this the last time I was on you know Liverpool as great as they are and they are one of the greatest Premier League teams one of the greatest sides this country's ever produced have only won the title once because of the existence of Manchester City so when you when you when you think about what that means for a club like Tottenham you 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 have to almost step back and say, well, we don't really have a chance. But the way football's wired up is that somehow, even though on paper it's impossible, if you are pushing towards something, if you are building towards something, even if it is an overstretch, even if it feels fantastical to be able to reach out and actually grab that that title it's not beyond the the realms of impossibility which is which is why the entire thing's a paradox because with clubs like man city and liverpool you shouldn't be anywhere near the title right but we know how things can play out we know cycles happen we know teams can have little slumps we know teams can ride momentum like like fucking gods and and do incredible things as as you know seen by the the leicester season you know, we had probably one of the, the best Premier League teams of, of all time as well. We finished second to Chelsea on, I want to say, 86 points. 86 points, they got 92. We lost four games that season. We were phenomenal. We're obscene. One, we were one, we, football-wise, I mean, our, our, it's not even arguably, I think even at the time people were saying we played the best football and statistically, 
and technically we, we played the best football. Oh, we just did not win. You know, we had Chelsea. And this is my point. Even, you know, we, we have probably in our lifetime had a team worthy of winning the Premier League title, you know, and we didn't win it because there was a team just a little bit better than us. City won because... it on 86 points last season, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... And I get it, this means nothing. In, in the grand grand scheme of things, it means nothing. Like, you know, it doesn't mean, oh, give them a trophy because they kind of won the Phantom League. You know, it's... But the but what I'm saying is that we can reach great heights. Um, and and sometimes it does feel like a, it's going to be a bit of an adventure. Whereas I think finally, un, under Conte, as maligned as, as he might be at times because of the way that he handles disappointments publicly and it's just the way he processes things uh publicly and it's not really great for us because we're already quite a fragile uh, fan base mentally because we always feel the worst is going to happen um so it doesn't sound like it's a good mix but i think the way that we've we've traveled all together as a club uh through this season through the ups and downs i think has probably strengthened our resolve further i think it's just a little reminder that Spurs are never out of it, even when they should be. We're never, we're never out of it. We're, we always have this, whether it's like bounce back ability, whether it's just this knack to always be in with a shout for something. When you think we've lost our chance, we're we're back in there. And I think what's happened this season has been an incredible learning curve, and it's probably given Conte belief as well that you know maybe there is something here, even if it's still. Impossible when you compare to what we are up against with Liverpool and, and Manchester City. But if you're not looking up, if you're not dreaming, if you're not believing, if you're not actually making the right moves, then what's what's the point? I mean, if we're going to just say we're never going to better Man City unless we spend more than them, then what are we doing? Well, we know what we're doing. We're doing it because of the season we've had this season. Ninth, Nuno. And, and now look at us. We, we, we've got elite football to look forward to next season. Well, this is the thing. And I think we're, as a fan base, I think we're particularly hard on ourselves because there's often this kind of, uh, again, this sort of reflex to it that, oh, we're, we're so negative And, you know, when people make those jokes, you're not Spurs unless you think this worst case scenario is going to happen. You know, snatching kind of defeat from the jaws of victory type stuff. That that's somehow an indication that like we're this overly negative fan base and stuff, and I I just think we're kind of, I believe we're the we're very self aware to a degree, and we know yeah. that kind yeah. of you know we've been there before. We've I was sort of going through it earlier on in the season, thinking that you know, right, I get it. You know, you're going to have some fans of like whoever Shrewsbury or whatever that have ceased to exist as football clubs and stuff. They'll say, "Oh, poor you," but. I do think, genuinely speaking, as a supporter base, there are, there are very few other fan bases that can claim to have really <coughs> suffered the same acute level of pain that Tottenham Hotspur have. You know, we're, we're talking about even like, you know, our wonder boy club captain going on a free transfer to our rivals, winning the double and winning the league at our ground. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. If that's not enough, you know... It's seeing our rivals win an invincible season. It's see, you know, because I was I was talking about like, oh god, it must be so shit being an Everton fan this year, seeing what Liverpool are going through. Now I was thinking, well, fucking hang on, like <laughs> all my years growing up, like I was I was growing up like you know, I was born in eighty five, and so like when I was really kind of conscious and aware of what was going on, you know, I was kind of yeah mm. late nineties, noughties kind of time when Arsenal were just a beast, you know, and seeing that and seeing Tottenham be, yeah, it was probably the, the nadir of Tottenham as well, really, historic, <laughs> probably even historically, other than I guess we were relegated in the 70s, weren't we? So some people would be rushing to correct time. me now, but it, yeah, it wasn't a good time at all. But I still think we've always held, you know, it's the motto of the club, isn't it? You know, to dare us to do and everything. The, there's still, like you say, there's that little bit in us that as much as we can get downbeat and as much as we can say, well, you know, we probably won't do anything this year. Then after a beer or so, everybody is then always like, 
Oh, I don't know though. You know, if we get the right ring of you know string of results, or we do something or whatever, or if Liverpool have an off year, or if City have an off year, so mm. I just I think there's always that capacity, and I think Tottenham, the way the club is set up and the size of the club, it's just set up to like to be a club that can potentially. You know, we saw it with the Champions League. We we could have won that Champions League. You know, all it took was a different. I know it sounds stupid to say. And it's trite, but all it took was a couple of things, you know, maybe Mr. Sissoko not handballing it in the box mm. after 20-odd mm. seconds. That things just go a little bit differently. That Kane just wraps his foot around the ball and gets it top corner past Allison, and we manage to hold out and win. You know, you know the and we, we're in that, like you say, for everything that everybody says about us, Tottenham are always in that position. We were in a Champions League final. You know, we're now in a Champions League again. We are... If the season had been a few games longer, we would have probably finished third. You know, and it's yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's you know, what what Conte's achieved, what he's been able to do, um, and you know, he's kind of downplayed it, and and and, and made it to to be this mission impossible from from the start. And he probably was, to be fair, because we've had a couple of years where we still haven't really processed uh, the Pochettino sacking, and and there's there's a lot of emotional baggage within the club, the fan base and the, and the players. And I know we've made loads of changes and you can't really say what is he, what, what is he inheriting here? Because, you know, it's it's gone through a couple of seasons with, with Mourinho, but it's, you can see that we're still anchored to, to the past. And, and whereas what we needed was an, another kind of culture, I wouldn't say culture defining, but maybe like a culture reboot, just, a, just, to remind everyone that look, you know, what's happened has happened. You can you you look at the present, you look at the future, and you work towards something. Um, but this is how we're going to work towards it. We're going to understand who we are and what we need to be doing. I think Conte's done that. The the stuff around the way the club's set up, yeah, we're always in with the shout. I think the frustration is that we should be doing more, and I think that's probably again. You know, is Conte the trigger that's gonna gonna kind of push the ball and Levy into into backing him in a way that's just ruthless and clinical? Because yeah, we can be there for when people slip up, but how about putting enough pressure on? Hello, uh, that makes others slip up, that makes others think about what we did. Because again, it's football's really simplistic. Okay, you don't necessarily, even though you you kind of do, because I've just been spent like. 10 minutes saying that you do you do need to spend money and you do need to be it's easy for clubs like Chelsea and City and to a lesser degree Liverpool um that they can they can they can spend 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 and this I mean United as well um not, not as successful you can have a very strong squad and strong bench and that should really allow you to rotate and and compete right Spurs get stretched because they can't do that well do that I mean, I mean, if you if you if you want to kind of eliminate the whole, well, we we might be able to do something, but we're going to run out of steam. If you want to get rid of that, spend a bit more. But you don't have to go to the level City are doing or Chelsea are doing, because football is simplistic. To come back to my point, and and if you have a team that just just works efficiently enough to kind of make you a bit of a force at home. Then it just comes down to how you perform away from home, and this season we've shown the amount of points we've accumulated since Conte's appointment. You know, only City and Liverpool, I think, have have have, have got more, have had more. Have New, not Newcastle, maybe? Newcastle are up there. They're oh, they're one of the other teams. I think we're we're just ahead of them. Um, like an, a like a, a dark cloud lingering on the horizon, them aren't they? Well, this but... is it. <laughs> it, it. This is this is this is the thing about being clinical and ruthless. Like, don't hang around for them. To, and, and there are a couple of seasons or so, maybe, 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 maybe even longer from from really pushing into that category where it's like fucking hell. You know, we've now got to compete with this lot. Spurs, regardless of what you think of them, are a massive football club. Uh, maybe it's the London thing. And the stadium, uh, maybe it's just that ability to always be in with a shout that it's an attraction to players that qu- can't quite get that move to, to City or Chelsea because they've just bought too many players. But the point is, we do have every, everything in place. It's just behaving like a club that wants it. You know, just, just 
behave like a club that that actually wants to make a dent, that actually wants to have an impact. It's that attitude that I think Conte has. We just need to match it. Um, sounds easy. Should be easy. How difficult do we make it is, is the question we're all asking. I mean, you'd hope now, I mean, there's, there's been plenty of encouraging noises coming out. Alistair Gold tweeted something last night about the fact that, you know, the intention is seemingly fully there to back Conte this summer. Um, I do think it's, I think it's probably, you know, I think it's probably a bit of a two-way thing. It's, I'm still in that camp where I think it's, it's hard to give a manager 200 mil to spend when, He's only got another, what, another year left on his contract from this yeah. point. So, it, I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean, I, I don't really want to delve into all that because it's time for joyous celebration. I, I do agree with you on that. I think one of the what I wanted to touch on just quickly is um, you were saying there about part of the draw of Tottenham. Um, and I was tweeting about this the other day about, about jeopardy um, and about kind of what Tottenham encompasses and what the feeling is for me. And, uh, you know... I really, I look at that, I look at the scenes at Manchester City yesterday and I think it was, they probably got a bit more of an emotional kind of reaction to it because they almost fucked it again. You know, they went 2-0 yeah. down against Villa and then they came back. Yeah. And that's where the celebration comes from. But that's, again, that's that rare bit of jeopardy they probably have felt in a season. I don't, I don't look at Manchester City's success. You know, I don't look at the past few years of them winning, what, four or five Premier League titles now? Mm. I get that twinge of jealousy. What I get a twinge of jealousy over is Liverpool's one Premier League title they won the other year, you know? And I know, I've, I spoke about this on the last pod and I could do it to death, but I, I, you know, I do, I do get it. I mean, there's, there's something in that kind of, that adversity that I think the real kind of release of joy in football comes from. And I, and that's, is there, is there a, <laughs> is there a better club that's going to feel, just imagine, imagine how it'd feel if, if we won a Premier League. Like it, it to me, it's just, it's it, that Champions League, had we won that, I, I honestly don't know what I'd have done. You know, well, I would have been up all night and I'd probably stayed out because I think the cup would have come through, wouldn't it, the next day? Mm. So it would have been that type of hell side. But isn't that isn't that what you want from your team? I mean, I, th- I think that I, I know we don't always get it right, but I think the past few months, like you know, it seems to be that Levy, the club, they've acted decisively, getting rid of Nuno. They've brought Conte in. They've Paid that yeah they've got they've got rid of Ndombele, Lo Celso, even Brian Hill players that you know Conte obviously just didn't want he just didn't want about the place or whatever. He's brought in Ben Tanker and Kulusevski who have been Kulusevski in particular who just yeah oh, fantastic oh, come on man like the the lads he's unbelievable you know I think we've really <laughs> we've really lucked out with this one you know like he's not lucked out you know I mean we obviously didn't. We know where it is, but he just looks at home, doesn't he? He looks happy here yeah. and he looks unbelievable. Yeah. But to my point is that it seems that Spurs are, we're in the mix now. We're trying to, we're trying to do something. We're trying to achieve something. And, you know, I, 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 I just, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I've never been fully kind of on this Enoch out, get them out flex. Cause I, I still look at like what Tottenham have done over the past years and, well, past twenty years now, probably, and um, we're we're a really really good team, and I just think it just, I just don't think we've gotten that bit of luck that's been required. But I I do just think we're just we're on the very cusp of it, mate. I really do think we're on the very cusp of something really really fucking good at this football club. I really yeah, do. The thing is, we were on the cusp of it with with Potch. You know, it was people would say other rival supporters and, and pundits and, and, the, and the media would say Spurs are probably going to win the league at some point because what they were looking at was this kind of steady progression. You know, obviously, you know things falling apart is more you know likely, especially with with us. But just just before I persist with that, with with, with the whole something something is happening vibe, which I think it, it you know something is happening. I don't, to, to go back to what you said earlier as well, I know that a lot of shit has happened <laughs> with Tottenham. 
and we feel victimized sometimes by football, by the footballing gods. But I don't think we own the copyright to it. I don't think we are special or different. I think every football club probably has their own kind of metrics and their own benchmarks and and they feel aggrieved by certain things you know like West Ham supporters one of their best seasons ever and you know they've ended up in the conference league and Spurs have ended up above them you know and and this was such a big season for them but you know compared to what they they've been used to it's it has been a big achievement for them to actually be considered a team that might sneak into the Champions League or you know even by way of uh, uh, the, the, the Europa League um, so there's, there's there's different levels and I think as much as we bang on about Spursy and, and, and all this all this kind of stuff I think a lot of clubs um, that are are in a similar position or lesser positions but in their world you know they're progressing at least or they're challenging for something new I think that that's just that's normal. I think it's normal for every club to have this kind of self-awareness about, you know, where they're going, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to achieve, where they keep failing. And and the whole banter thing is just you're always going to have the piss taken out of you. You know, there's that meme I often shared where it's like you're 10th, you're shit. You're 8th, you're shit. You 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 UEFA uh, qualification, you're shit. 5th, you're shit. 4th, you're shit. And it's like well, hold on a minute. We're always shitting regardless of what we're doing because that's just the narrative that fans want to kind of push on you. Um, so in terms of in terms of being hard on ourselves, to go to go back to what you said, we are. But I think at the same time, to, to, to kind of counter the point with something that you said, we've, we've been in a good position for years. The frustration stems from not being able to do that little bit extra, not be able to get across that line, not be able to break through that wall. Um, but we always find our, our, ourselves in this position of strength and rebuild where we're thinking, right, we have the foundation now. And I think we do. I think we have the foundation. I mean, the signs are all positive. You know, the form of Kane and Son, the fact that Kane is talking about Champions League next season, unless it was a, a made-up quote, um, you know, you've got the two guys from Juve that have hit the ground running. You know, we've actually signed players that have been effective immediately. No, no kind of marquee carnival style, you know, we've signed someone for 40, 50 million. It's going to be a They've got on the pitch and they've proven that what they're, they're worth. And, and, and it, it feels more satisfying, you know, to, to do it that way. It's not stealth, I'd say. But people are questioning why are we buying a couple of rejects from from Juventus, and it's like, well, they're practically the reason why we've got into the Champions League. You know, the fact the club have re-engineered how they're looking at things. So, a hundred percent, you've got to be buzzy about it. And I think the whole Conte thing is overplayed as well. I think because of the things that he says publicly, people think the worst. And I think because mm. of the pressure on journalists to get clicks into their articles. They have to report on stuff like this. They have to report on Gary Lineker saying we've got food poisoning. They have to report on Conte saying something in his kind of half-broken English delivery that makes it sound a lot worse than it does because he's being non-committal in, in his statement. But the reality is he's probably thinking, offer me a bigger contract so you can offer me a bigger budget and then we're good to go. But he's not going to publicly come out and say, well, I'm going to wait for Levy to... He's not going to have that conversation publicly, but we're going to fill in the blanks. And that's where we, you know, we start overthinking things, which is fine because we're podcasters and we're football supporters and we have conversations online constantly and blah, blah, blah. But everything's been good for a while. I, I guess, I guess getting Champions League has just consolidated the work. It's almost like, there you go. This is what happens when you. You, you graft in a certain way. You you focus on being ambitious. You focus on making corrections and meth, method, uh, kind of the mythology. Um, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't speak. Uh, the the conditioning of, of mm. yeah, training. The the methods behind a, um, the uh, the tactics. The way that initially everyone looked nervous playing for Conte. They were trying to mimic what he was expecting them to do. Whereas now they, they're fluid. 
in 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 the way that they they play their football. They know where they need to be going instinctively. All these things needed time. And at the end of it, to get fourth and to get into the Champions League just feels like a reward. And it gives us an uplift, but it gives the club an uplift and it gives the club a financial uplift. And it allows Conte to think and consider there's something in it. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Do you, I mean, on this whole thing, all right, they're obviously, you know, they've they've tasted kind of great success quite a long time ago now really hmm. um they're almost becoming a bit of a history club themselves but if you just look at kind of we're talking about the work that Tottenham have done and the the position the foundation that the club finds itself in it's there's nothing to be jealous of Arsenal about anymore is there really like we we I would say we are the better team and I know I would I'm a Spurs fan but you kind of even if you try to look at it in a certain way. And I don't think it's been that case for a long time. Probably even when we were flying under Pochettino, Arsenal was still kind of there and they were bigger. But it does seem to be, you know, loath as I am to, or at least have been in the past to give it too much credit. Um, it's a stadium really, isn't it? It's a stadium and it's that kind of that, yeah, that foundation of the club is just... It's something else now, isn't it? I mean, I, the problem is I get what, what you say. What, what, I, get, I get what you're saying. I had Hainsey on the other day, and his, his <coughs> sort of thing. It was, it was, it was, it was a positive, but <laughs> it did suddenly get me in a bit of a hole when he was just saying, like, you know, we've got Kane and Son, and we're not going to have them forever. So all this magic that they bring us, and this kind of sort of sense of assurance that we can just get through games because we have Kane and Son. Just enjoy it while it's here. Like, love every second of it. And that's true. <laughs> but then I am sometimes like, fuck, imagine when we don't have Kane and Son anymore. Like, that's that's going to be a job to replace, you know? Um, I, I, I so football, football, you know, it, it does, it has peaks and troughs, right? But yeah, yeah. our baseline now is very good, right? Yeah. Um. Try and put yourself into the minds of them, mate. Just how much do you think that will be hurting them today? Because they're trying to obviously put on all this, oh, actually, being in the Champions League would probably be too much for a young squad at the moment. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of, well, actually, it was a successful season um, because of X, Y, and Z. At the end of the day, it's going to fucking hurt because it would have... It would have, as confident as I've been in the past few weeks and as, as confident as, as I was when it was nil-nil against Norwich, the fear, the fear was that half a percent when, when Norwich score on the counter. And then, and then we, we get a little bit nervous and we, 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 we struggle to get one, right? That football can be quite volatile. It can be quite you know, fragile in itself in, within a game. There's always there's always a chance. I mean, Conte said it. There's always something can always happen in football. Vida went two 0 up against City. Do you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> sometimes you just cannot script the Coutinho as well. So, yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. And then obviously, out how they managed to come back into it was just mad. And it's the same thing that you you do entertain that impossibility because it's again it's that self awareness. You know, anxiety can cripple you. Um, but it's also a defensive mechanism because it's making you aware of the worst case scenarios and, and then you mentally prepare for them. Now, now with, with us, knowing to have lost it 
um, they would have goaded and 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 lorded it over us for the entire summer, right? And they would have just then started banging on about how they're going to smash up the Champions League. You know, they're. they're I don't think they're, they're, they're grounded in reality. As a, as a stereotype, when you look at the Arsenal fan base, I think they're, they're, they're all over the place. I think they're desperate to be something, to, to, to kind of mimic something they were once upon a time. Uh, and in that desperation, um, they have little to no consistency. You know, it's Arteta in, Arteta out, this player in, this player out, these players are not good enough, they're, you know, we we haven't got this about us. We need to sign this player. We need to do that. And it's just this, uh, it's just an abyss of, of, of these thoughts. It's broken them, no no doubt. As much as they can bang on about it not mattering and it doesn't change anything. And Arteta's been saying the same. They know what they need to do. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But the thing is, you've had two and a half years, mate, and and you've kind of pushed out the, the experienced players and you've been left with very young players that in itself is naive, because you, you, you've been you've been rattled a few times this season when the pressure's been on, and and Spurs display they showcase that difference. Like we have youth, but we have a mix of uh, of experience, and just and just we we knew for the first time in a long time we just knew how to sit out that North London derby. You know that the the the, the atmosphere was just unreal and you you kind of felt um surely you have to ride that that noise you have to you have to just go at them from the first minute but no Spurs were like we don't need to do that let them have the ball for the first four or five minutes let 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 them run at us for a little bit and that kind of confidence that kind of awareness in game that kind of just appreciation of what they're doing on the training pitch and then bring it to the the actual game itself in a game of unbelievable intensity in the stands and, and no doubt in the heads of the players. They played it like it didn't matter. They played the game like it wasn't a North London derby. And that maturity is why we're head and shoulders above them at the moment. You're right. They have a philosophy. They have a process. They're working towards something. If they can add certain players in certain positions. But if we do the right thing, we're always going to be ahead of them. Um, so I don't think of them I don't think much of them, you know, and, and that might come back and bite me. You know, it is what it is. I'm just living in the moment. But they don't, I don't, I'm not fearful of them. I don't think about them. I'm more concerned about Chelsea buying players that we're interested in, mm. you know. I'm more concerned about, you know, the, um, about maybe Man United waking up in, in a season or so. And, and then, you know, I, I, I can't, unfortunately, I can't shift away comfortably from this idea that the top four in itself, and it could be top five, arguably, with this new rule that the, they've brought in, but the top four is going to flux a lot. It's going to be, it's it, potentially, we're going to have so much quality at the top of the Premier League that it will come down to last games of the season. Yeah. That, 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 that we will miss out in, in future because someone's just got there ahead of us and it's and it's being able to play at that level um, and, and because the more teams that are involved at the top end including the scum makes it better for all of us because i think then then the likes of city and chelsea won't feel like they're running away from it you know when when top four are playing top four points are getting taken from from all sides so it's I kind of, I kind of want them to to struggle and suffer because of because of the the because of the turn of the century and and the the success they've had. You know, I want them to fucking suffer. I don't want them to be up there, and they might well do. Um, mainly because the pressure will kick in at some point, and they'll be expected to do more than eighth, eighth, and fifth, and 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 they're in a position now, much like most clubs are to swap their manager as a means to, to fix something. Um, so let them suffer on, you know. Um, I don't think of them. I'm looking up. I'm looking at how, how do we close the, the gap with Chelsea, you know. But that's what Conte's thinking. He's thinking how do we close the gap with them. I mean, this is the thing that is mad about Premier League football now, like you say, in terms of the quality is really looking at it now, even if... 
whatever it's first half of the season if you've lost more than two games you just got to come to the acceptance you're probably not going to win the Premier League you know it's what of it Liverpool lost two games this year City actually lost three two of those to Tottenham Hotspur which is quite funny really it's mad it's, it's bonkers yeah uh, it's it's obscene you know it's it's a crazy crazy but it's still I still think we've seen you know even City have kind of an off year and Liverpool's you know I, I, Liverpool's foundation isn't the same as City's it's not the same as Newcastle's even it's not the same as Chelsea's or at least what Chelsea's was under Abramovich. So, you know, what's to say Salah goes, Mane goes, they're really going to continue this sort of vein of form. You know, Klopp, Klopp has been, but come on, he's been unbelievable. He's been one of the greatest Premier League managers of all time now in his time during there. But hmm. he requires a lot from his players, you know, and we saw what happened at Dortmund um, when it kind of just, the bubble burst, you know, it just goes. And yeah, we saw yeah. the same under Pochettino. It's probably yeah, a similar, yeah. similar type of manager. So very there's, similar. There's nothing to say that Liverpool are going to be up there uh, or that they're invincible, um, even though it may seem like they are at the moment. So uh, I don't know. I am, I am hopeful. You know, I, I said I didn't have faith, but I do have faith overall in Tottenham. And you know, what the funny thing is, going into that Norwich game, I was nervous all week, and now I just woke up on the Sunday like. We're going to slap them. Like, we're actually going to do this lot. We we really, really are. And the funny thing is, it was most of the week, quite a few of my mates were the ones that were like, oh, you know, stop fucking worrying about it. We should do it. We should do it. And then on the day when I was like, actually, we're going to do them. No, don't, 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 don't jinx it, you know. But <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. I mean, if we are looking at improving, if we are looking at kind of, let's be honest, you know, Conte... He said it himself. He wants to win the league. He wants to, and that's that's what yep. you're saying. He's trying to catch that's Chelsea. The attitude, he's he's going to want to win the league next year. Yeah. What do you think? What do what do you want to see us do this summer? Um, where do you want to see us sign? Who do you want to see us move on? What <coughs> what, what do you want Tottenham Hotspur to do to improve on what they are I now? I mean, my insight on this is is just probably going to echo the sentiments of most Spurs fans you know we we we, we know that we need proper wing backs mm. you know uh, we know that we can do maybe with another uh, defender a central defender it's about it's a, it's about being able to look at the bench and and rotate in a way that is isn't de- detrimental to us uh having to rest players or having to weaken uh, play weakened teams in, in cup games because I think the setup we have now and the attitude that Conte has, I think next season is when we we do actually take cup competitions a bit more seriously. You know, in just in terms of looking to win something because I think he he's going to know that winning something further consolidates and solidifies this kind of winning mentality. If you're gonna if you're gonna aim for the bread and butter of the league, fair enough, but the odds are still against you, even if you do fantastically well. Um, obviously, the end result is you're in the Champions League again. And that, that breeds a winning mentality and consistency and momentum. But winning something should should also just appease us and and and, and just give the players something to look back on, you know. So to do that, we need to avoid being overstretched, which is what, you know, at the moment you look at our squad, it is... It's bare bones in the most glorious way, you know, because we do have a lot of quality. But a couple of injuries here and there, and we're fucked. Um, so we just need to ha- we need to build around the likes of you know Romero and the the likes of uh, of, of, of you know the two Juve guys and, and 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 protecting Kane and Son. So wing backs because they're so important to his system, you know, and maybe another midfielder, another defender something up front, just something, someone that can play either wide or or replace Kane and Son. I don't know why it's such a difficult conundrum for Tottenham, whereas other teams, I mean, I know City don't have any strikers, but most teams have three or four options. It's like, why can't we do that? Why can't we even have a player that's maybe come up from the championship or someone who's who who can do a job for us, but he's all right sitting on the bench, you know? But but might be someone that could take over from Kane and Son in the future, like our scouting system. Um, 
Okay, let, 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 let me roll this back. I think what we need to do, we need to be, the infrastructure needs to be in place to, in order to protect us, not just this summer, but every transfer window going forward. We need to know what we're buying. And we need to be buying players like we did in Jan that hit the ground running, that are, that are players that can have an impact immediately because we're living in the moment and there's just no time to look at project-related signings. We can do that as part of it, but they can be sort of loaned out and the rest of it. So get that infrastructure right. Get the scouting network right. Back Fabio in, in terms of getting the players in. Um, but be be ruthless in doing so. If he wants, if Conte needs five or six players, that's what I want. I want five or six signings. Because five or six signings to the same quality of the ones we bought in Jan, we're fucking laughing. Because then we've got a bench. Then we can rotate. Then we won't get knocked out by Borough in the cup and, and the rest of it. We won't, we won't. And the Champions League, the, the other benefit of the Champions League compared to Europa is psychologically players give a shit because every game counts. Every game matters. It's not this chore. It's not this obstacle, this kind of, oh, for fuck's sake, we've got to go where? We've got to play who? You know, it's like, it's the fucking Champions League where Barca are away. You know, perk the fuck up. You don't need to say that. Because they're, they're, they're hyped. So those games are not... You know, they don't drain your energy. I mean, I mean, they can drain your energy, to be fair, as we experience ourselves. But but what a way to have your energy drained. You know, you can't complain about Champions League football at any point. But what we need to do is protect the squad and we need to protect Conte and we need to protect the, the momentum. So, like I said, this isn't groundbreaking insight. It's very obvious stuff that we've never quite done before. We've kind of thought, oh, we're doing really well. Let's stick with what we've got. Add one or two in there. No. You've got to be pricks about this. You've got to be bastards about this. You, well, that's what Liverpool are doing, to... right? Yeah, it's, they've always done that. I know I know. Spurs love this meme. We beat them 4-1 and look what they did after that. But it's true. Mm. They kind of reviewed. They had a, they had a little think and, and thought, the fuckers just happen. And it, it wasn't just that result. It's probably like a general, we need more. We need more to, to, to really have something that can do something. And, and everything else comes with that. You know, when you actually start, you know, getting the right cogs for the machine and everything's working and you're oiling it and then everything else kind of falls into place, it becomes easier because you're playing at a higher level, you know. Well, look at it. You know, they've, and, they've, they've had Firmino, Manor and Salah. They've added Jota into that, and then they haven't stopped. You know, they've just added Luis Diaz into there as well. They, they don't need yeah, it's him. It's relentless. Do you know what I mean? They don't it's need him. It's relentless. They stopped us from getting him. Yeah. You know, I know he's always destined to go there, but it's almost like this is the other kind of fuck you energy that some clubs have. We're going to sign him, so you 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 don't strengthen yourselves. And we just got to start being bullish as well. We don't necessarily have to go after the obvious players like we, we've done. We can still do good business, and it might seem like, oh, who, who are we signing? I've never heard of him, mate. What's, he's not on YouTube. Well, no, have a bit of faith because a lot of people are critical of the signings that we made. You know that like we, we've kind of botched it, and some signings just are gonna fail. You know, everything, every signing is, is a risk. But I think we've proven that we can be quite shrewd. And obviously, I mean, the test is, can we sign someone that isn't a Juve player? You know, but we're about to find out. But you... it's the attitude, Jack, man. It's just having that energy around, let, let's get this done. Let's, let's just go for it. If we fail, it's not because we held back. And I think fans, supporters, understand that uh, to a degree. I mean, obviously, people turned on Poch when things fell apart. Um, but then that kind of tied into Levy not backing him. And then, you know, that kind of spirals out of control. If we're doing the very best that we can as a football club, then there's, 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 no, there's, there's nothing that I can say. I can back them, you know. I know that we're doing the best that we can, we can, we can, we can be and do. The rest of it is up to the, up to the gods and, you know, the, you know, the, the football itself. Is there, a, is there any concern for you? Because really, I mean, I think one of the bit of an elephant in the room is that there's been a correlation between our form picking up with us only having one game a week, 
right? And again, I don't want to piss on the parade. I'm just looking ahead to next year. Is there any concern for you at all about us juggling a European campaign and a league campaign, given that Antonio Conte historically has not always yeah, done yeah, the yeah, best yeah. with that? You know, are we getting ahead of ourselves, or do you think, you know, are we just kind of unfairly bashing him for stuff that's happened in the past? You know, it's it's he's not in static, no, I right? I think so. I, I, also, because this is a brand new experience for him, and he, he's 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 talk that up a bit you know he's saying that it's one of his greatest achievements i know he's probably exaggerating a little bit as well but he's he's probably he's, you know he he pretty much told us many 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 times that this isn't really the right fit for him you know and and you could tell that he was maybe frustrated that he couldn't get much out of spurs and maybe that's because he was expecting perfection from the start um now that he knows he he can get something out out of this team and he knows what he needs to to really push on. That in itself is a new experience, even though he's been there and done it before with other clubs. The whole one game a week obviously helps with fitness and conditioning and preparation and the rest of it. But surely, you know, competing in in Europe and Champions League and having a couple of games a week um, is is again helped by having a bigger squad because then it just makes it easier for you to manage those players and there's still work to be done i mean he's saying there's still work to be done because then you have a new type of problem where the rotation has to work you know that fluidity and momentum has to be retained if you if you're making key changes um and i think because of the whole kind of patterns of play in the way conte kind of you know looks at football and how 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 his football works i think it's just having bodies it's have it's having the right amount of bodies and the right quality of bodies in there i'm not going to lose sleep over stuff like this i mean i mean i know it's it's conversations to have but i think it's conversations to have after the start of next season and 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 seeing for ourselves how it plays out we will know what type of season we'll have based on the summer you know, and I think by then Conte will have committed um, because it's it's going to be a strange summer still because we're going to be sat here trying to second guess everything that's going to happen. You know, does he sign a contract before the signings start coming in? Does he wait for all signings to come in? I mean, once one signing is is, is on its way. You know the rest are going to follow. He's not going to sort of just. Our, our signings only going to come in once we sold Lacelso and Dombele. Who you know, fuck knows what's going to happen with those two. You'd hope Lacelso would probably go to Villarreal, but Dombele. Yeah, I, I mean, as I've... good as mine, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 it just feels like they lose money there, Tottenham, but... right? That, that's it's a statement. Us getting rid of him in January like that. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's back it's in Conte. Yeah, it's back in Conte and just saying, do you know what? We made these mistakes, much like we made the mistake with Nuno. We're gonna we're gonna just get on with it. We're not going to worry about how it looks, even though there are questions again to be asked. I I, I think the whole thing about mentality and infrastructure and 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 planning and scouting is by the right players for the right manager in the right moment, and it's something that we haven't really done. I think we've been quite opportunistic in in. Ooh, Ndombele looks great for the future and he's a quality player because of X, Y and Z, he'll fit into the team. Okay, did we sign him for Pochettino? Maybe. Pochettino infamously takes a year to bed in players, you know. Maybe his story would have been different if things had been different. But then what do we do when things do change and football changes really quickly? Um and and this is, I guess, the, the worry about Conte. You know, you buy players for Conte for the system. Conte leaves, and then you're kind of left with another rebuilding uh, session. I don't think that matters anymore because football is moving at such a fast rate. Anyway, if you're not building for the the, the here and now, for, if you're not building to have immediate success of some kind, something tangible, then what are we doing? Are we forever planning ahead? forever looking at the project and the long term. It's great. Maybe after Conte, we can look at doing that and we can have a little bit of a reboot. But we might be at a certain level that allows us to do that because we just still qualify for the Champions League uh, because, you know, we haven't completely fallen apart. 
I think Spurs are in for a rebuild because of Kane and Son in the future. But I think that's still way off. You know, I still I, we've got enough time to create a bit of history in the next few, in the next few seasons. Um, and again, it's not laughable to say that out loud. And that's what Tottenham does to you. You know, even when you think, you know, we're 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 well out of it and we're banter club. Like we said at the beginning of this pod, we're always on the cusp of something, and that in itself is something that should be embraced and and uh and enjoyed um and it's you you you're fine to get angry at the club and and to to be ambitious because that's the energy that Conte's bringing to fire in your belly you know to want something more than what you've got and to try and achieve it i think we all need that energy as a football club and that's fucking good because most football clubs don't get to experience this they just don't get it you know, and and I'm saying we're better than them because of it. I'm sorry, but I, we can be a little bit smug about it because because we're always in amongst it, and and that that, Look, we, that we, in we itself is a wonderful thing. I mean, nobody picks their team or anything, but I get that. But what I'm saying is we haven't we haven't been this team for yeah for for, for a large part of whatever the Premier League era at least. We've just been a standard mid-table team that just kind of exists. Do you know what I mean? It's it's. I, it was only, it was funny enough, like it was a couple of years ago when I had like, I had a Spurs shirt on. I was just in a pub around like sort of Kingston way. So kind of like, yeah. you know, Southwest. And somebody said something like, oh, fucking glory supporter or something. And I thought, fucking, <laughs> you having a laugh? This was sort of during our Pochettino era. Oh, you funny. Know? And I saw glory supporter. Like, he wants you to support the local club, uh, mate. Yeah, exactly. And you just think, well, all right, I'll take it, you know, because that means we're good. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I d- yeah, that's the thing. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want it to be a down. And you're definitely you're completely right. I mean, there's no point uh, really sort of getting up, pent up about like what will Conte do, won't what won't he do? It's just you know, it's something that we can't avoid, right? It's there, there is this thing, but at the same time, what we can't avoid is Tottenham losing 5-1 to Newcastle on the last day of the season when we needed to win to finish above Arsenal and letting that bother us ahead of a game against Norwich that we ended up smashing them to pieces. So, you know, mm. patterns are there, patterns exist, but they're, you know, they're things that have happened. They're not They're not set in stone and, yeah, okay. No, we can, exactly. We can look at patterns exactly. of behaviour and everything, but there's aberrations, you know, they're always going to happen. And I don't know, I've got a... There just seems to be there seems to be something a bit different about this Tottenham at the moment, doesn't it? It's the I think one of the big things he touched on when he got Bentancur and Kulisevsky, it was never really about the players or anything. The, what I can remember is that you know a lot of the talk was about both of the players being of the profile that Conte wants. That he wanted players that were just driven, that were winners, that were wired in a certain way, and. It must be, you know, it's a real balance, I think, for any sort of job, for any line of work. You know, you're sitting down in an interview with somebody and they're telling you all about why they're great for the job, but there's probably people in their old workplace looking at them thinking, you know, he talks a good game, but um, try working well, with him day to It's application, isn't it? You know, exactly. You, but you, you can have the skills, but you might you might not have that drive. And it's and you, you, you're quite right. It's it's applicable to anything in, 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 in life. And... <laughs> it's really imperative you get the right one brought in when you're paying, you know, millions of pounds, you know, and you're aiming for something that's that's potentially worth hundreds of millions, you know, if you get it right. So, so yeah, it's just that that kind of profiling and you know, getting that right and uh, and swaggering swaggering into the, the into the near future in the right way. I just wanted to end this on a really, you know, a heart, a heartfelt, positive note. Oh, here we go. Son Hyun Min, mate. Oh, I love him. Golden boot. And I was honestly, to be honest, like for the lad, to all the stuff you've seen out the back of it, the reaction of all the players, everything, I was genuinely like, I was, I was very, very drunk, admittedly. Um, but <laughs> I was genuinely welling up a bit, seeing the kind of the outpouring of love for the fella and just... It sort of got me thinking, as in, like you know, I, because I, we've seen what they've gone and done, and obviously they did some great things at Tottenham, but we always seem to hold up the gold standard of like Bale and Modric in particular at Tottenham. But I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, Son is probably, other than Kane, 
in terms of his big moments, his longevity at Tottenham, his ability to kind of continue to perform at a high level at Tottenham for as long as he has, yeah. his commitment. Yeah. And like I say, those big key moments where he's he shows up and just shines for us. I really don't think there's many that are better than him that have ever played for us, at least in the Premier League era. It's, uh, him and Kane he, as, a, he, as a duo are the, the best. Like, I just, yeah, yeah. He... What what kind of puts him above the, you know, uh, Luca and, and and Gareth Bale is that connection that he has, that it's it's just completely genuine, and at no point has his loyalty been questioned. You know, he signed the contract when we were dog shit. Basically, he signed a massive new contract when it would have been easy for him to maybe just work out whether a move away would do him doing best uh career wise but he's just you know he wasn't signed as a striker and you just look at his end product you look at his influence you look at the quality of his football as well and we we have been blessed you know let's bang we can bang on about the whole you know what have you got to show for it well, actually, quite a lot, mate. You look at the players that we've been able to watch week in, week out. That there's something pretty special. I mean, if you if you want to just get a little bit uh, uh, kind of sentimental um, uh, about football, it is about those moments. It's 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 about those minutes that you're watching game to game, and and you know, yeah, we did not win a trophy when we when we smashed Arsenal but you tell me how you felt when Son scored that that third with 3-0 up in the North London derby you know when the cowards fell to sharp for the one in January <laughs> and like they're, they're already on their way, way home at this point probably I don't blame them they could get the fuck out of North London you know in those moments you, it, it, the, it's the players giving you these moments you know, it's the bread and butter of our footballing experience and having someone like Son absolutely loves it, loves us, loves scoring for us. You can see the joy on his face. You can see the happiness. It's None of it is, is questionable. None of it is like, oh, this is a bit cringe, cringeworthy. It's a complete, pure connection to, to, to the, the centre of our hearts. Do you know what I mean? And it's... you. you even as an adult, as a grown man, like with a kid of my own, yeah, you know, what, why am I gushing over like another grown man? And it's, I'm gushing because this is what football does to you. You know, you want to feel a connection to your football club. There's nothing worse when you feel like there is no connection. And we've been there. Maybe some have exaggerated that disconnection, but but some are have felt like they don't understand Tottenham anymore, modern football and the rest of it. And then you get these little reminders. You know, you get players like Son. And and, and, and even Kane, even, you know, with I think he's forgiven now, but players like players like these two are once in a lifetime and we have both of them at the same time in a single lifetime. That, that's bonkers. That that's that's fucking mad that we're we're able to to look back on these two. Um, I just hope they win something. Um, because the Poch team didn't. And, 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 and now there's a ch- there's an opportunity maybe just, just for them to be associated with, with, with a cup. Just have that day in the sun, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's just for them to, 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 to have that connection as well, that their, their legacy's tied to a little bit more. Um, it won't change anything, though. And I guess this is the thing a lot of modern social media football supporters refuse to really understand you know most football clubs do not win trophies you know um so that doesn't mean you love your team any less because of it um so we are absolutely fucking blessed to have someone like him and and the golden boot is you know it's really he should win it outright because he, he didn't score a single penalty at the 23 that he notched up um I'm so I'm so happy for him, you know. I'm so happy for us um, uh, that he's 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 got something there um, because he deserves it. Having had to watch Harry Kane kind of boss the the 
the, the go tables for, for, for a while. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.